Show Season 2, Episode 16 starts right now. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We have so much to talk about today. This will be a chalky one, I feel like. Oh, we do. Aaron Perrine is here. What's going on, guys? Big episode today. Big old episode. And Chris <laughs> Killian is here. That's right. I downed a Monster Energy just to get ready for this. <laughs> I found out I was going to be on this 20 minutes ago. And now I'm all jacked up. Let's do it. That's it. Dreams do come true, Chris. Well, thank you for being here. Jamie Girac couldn't make it today. Uh, and we were like, who could possibly fill those shoes? Who else other than a monster energized Chris Killian? Yeah, I know. I got plenty of wiggle room in the toe area, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> we're happy to have you. So it's it's been uh, it's been a big week of interesting Marvel news, to say the least. Uh, we have a lot to talk about on the news front. The Moon Knight spoilers are going to come in the second half of the show. So if you haven't watched Moon Knight yet, you can join us for this first half if you're watching live. Uh, and not worry, we're not going to drop spoilers just yet. Uh, I did want to thank everybody for the continued support of the YouTube channel. The uh, That Russell Bobbitt interview is now officially the most viewed video on our YouTube channel. So thank you for that. Across 2,000 subscribers, thank you for that. Really, really proud of this community. Uh, really, really proud of how open and fun you guys are in the comment section like take a lot of pride in that so thank you guys uh and now we got to get to some news there is also the disney panel is happening at CinemaCon at the, the like towards the end of this show is when it starts so we may have some live news towards the end of today's show we may have a post-credit scene where we all just end up tweeting about it mm -hmm. but uh just something to be keep your keep your eyes out everybody there may be some footage or news or something coming out of the Disney presentation at CinemaCon. It's a couple hours long, so hopefully they front load it with the stuff we on Phase Zero care about. I mean, I care about a lot of it, but for the sake of Phase Zero, we want that Marvel stuff first, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll figure it out how to bring you that You news. say that, it's just going to all be Avatar 2. Like, just wall-to-wall -wall <laughs> Avatar 2. And not only that, I, can I just say I won't be upset if it's only Avatar 2 because we've waited so long for this movie. I'm ready for James Cameron to show everyone who James Cameron is again. It's Did you see the news that somewhere it was reported yesterday that Avatar 2 is going to be available in more formats than any movie ever? Oh, wow. Like IMAX 3D, IMAX, I don't know. I think they're like actually going to have somebody who like like blows wind on you and stuff. <laughs> they'll paint you blue when the movie starts Perfect. so you can really feel it they give you little scratch and sniff cards for particular scenes it's going to be awesome yeah. i uh I james still, cameron I actually still... is doing that in select theaters for people <laughs> <laughs> i still think the avatar was like the best imax experience i've ever had and that's like 2009 just as far as like i i missed that couple of years where, where 3d really made a resurgence i yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about that the other day. It's like, remember the boxes where you'd have to recycle the 3D glasses? Like, that's gone. Like, nobody does that anymore. I miss it. 3D movies suck. Yeah. No, they didn't all suck. <laughs> Not when you were James Cameron and you knew what you were doing. Going to the movies and watching it with 3D glasses on and watching it in 3D is a headache for me. I'm that person. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it at all. I, I do think it got overused, but they were particular. There were certain directors who knew how to use it, and James Cameron's one of them. Well, it became obvious that it was being overused because it was a more expensive ticket. Yes. So everybody tried to like movies that weren't <laughs> shot for 3D. They would just reformat it for 3D and it looked okay. Like it was cool, I guess. But then they, there was the era of 3D TVs and that never took off. They tried to put college sports and ESPN in 3D. I don't need that. I don't need that. Yeah. All right. You're all the way good on it. Just all yep. the way. Fine about <laughs> it. 
Uh, Sam Raimi says that they're filming Doctor Strange 2 for IMAX and 3D and it's supposed to be really, really cool looking. But I don't know. I feel like with all the camera work that he does, I'd be reaching for my sick bag. <laughs> I might be all right. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I would. I'll. I, I'll give it a shot in 3D, maybe, but not. It wouldn't be my preferred format for my first viewing. If people told me, "Wow, I saw it in 3D and it was it made the experience better with Doctor Strange or Avatar," then maybe I'll try it. But uh, until somebody tells me to do that, I don't need 3D. All right, let's get to some news here. <laughs> Sony, Sony went crazy at, at CinemaCon. Some of these announcements were unexpected, to say the least. Uh, I got the first one here. This one's not unexpected, but <laughs> I think y'all know I don't really care about this one because I've been hurt too many times. Uh, Venom 3 is officially on the way. Doesn't have a release date yet. Tom Hardy will be back, and it's going to be a movie. So uh, Venom 3 is being made. <laughs> sometime <laughs> you know I, you know what was not announced was morbius 2 and that was i know mm, i was like oh <laughs> i know CinemaCon's a bust because we didn't get like four more morbius sequels announced all it's all just throw it in the trash <laughs> yeah, i mean like y'all y'all know i have done a complete 180 on venom i thought the first one was just okay and then over time i've started to really adore it i think the, the these movies know exactly what they are and i think when they lean into the absurdity it is so much more fun to watch i i have said on the show i want so many venom movies to where they basically just become earnest movies of like venom goes to camp <laughs> venom goes to space venom goes wherever like just take him wherever and i will watch it because tom hardy is committing on a level that like nobody asked him to but it is so great I, I will say this in defense of the Venom movies that they know what they are. Yeah. Like in a lot of this other stuff, we we're kind of confused. Like, what is this going to be? But I feel like they've established a formula of like weird, like buddy slash weird, almost romance movies with freaking Tom Hardy talking to himself that <laughs> people enjoy. I don't know what some of these other things that are have been announced or may or may not exist are going to be tonally or whatever else. But Venom, at least, at least you, it is what it says on the tin. And that's something I guess we can all appreciate. In way. Yeah, this is the first I'm hearing about the the Ernest P. World knockoff <laughs> Venom movies. And uh, can I just say that I'm here for that all the way because um, I don't I don't need to pretend that Venom's a superhero. I do need to see Venom go to jail or or Venom <laughs> scared stupid. I need to see those things. So yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> You can say the Venom movies know what they are. I don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, Tom Hardy is fit, is great. That Venom himself is pretty good for the most part. There's some questionable moments for what they do with that character. But uh, overall, Venom slash Eddie, I like it. The movies, the stories they're delivering to us, I don't. So I At stand this point. By. At this point, I, I feel also like almost more intrigued to see what the MCU does with the symbiote now that that little speck got left off at, at, at the end of No Way Home. Like that's that's where I'm, I'm like, well, if you're going to have silly venom over here, then I want to see like a real real deal scary venom in the MCU. But only time will tell. Maybe nothing happens with that at all. Who knows? Yeah. Sony's telling a story through post credit scenes that is probably <laughs> never going to actually get told. And we've seen that before in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Hell of a post-credit scene there, right? Well, who knows? Maybe that's still going to get told. We'll see. Andrew Garfield says he's taking a break from acting, but 
We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but that that this isn't even Venom Three is the it's is totally fine. Like we expected it. It's cool. It is hands down the least <laughs> surprising piece of news. Chris, you got you. Tell you're you're up uh, here on this next. Well, and, and as far as surprising news goes, uh, on Tuesday, Sony announced that they are greenlighting a movie called El Muerto with Bad Bunny in the lead role. It's going to come out January twelfth, uh, two thousand twenty-four. And if you don't know who El Muerto is, that's okay because there's not even a Wikipedia page for this character. Like that's how obscure he is. Like as soon as I heard El Muerto, I was like. They're redoing the Wilder Valderrama movie from 2007. <laughs> I was like, that's, are we doing the Crow knockoff? Is that what it is? No, it's a, it's, it's like a luchador with a magical mask. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know. I feel like it's a huge win for Bad Bunny and a huge loss for everybody else. That's how I feel about this El Muerto news. I don't, I, I'm, I don't want to hate on the guy because I just feel like this guy is living out all of my dream fantasy uh, just as far as he's, he's, he got to wrestle in WWE and now he's, and now he's going to be cast as a wrestler character. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this movie. It's ridiculous. And the whole, the whole idea that this is what they're reaching for is, is insane to me, but you know what? More power to them. I hope they surprise me. I hope it, I hope it turns out to be a lot of fun. I would have rather seen, uh, you know, uh, a movie with uh, what was the name of uh, of Macho Man's character in the first Spider Man? Yeah, that's a, that's. I'd rather yeah. see a Bone Saw movie, but that's just me. So uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, <laughs> like you, I, I like Bad Bunny a lot. I like Bad Bunny's music. I like Bad Bunny, uh, the WWE superstar. <laughs> uh, he's in Bullet Train. That what I, the limited bits I've seen in that of him in that look fine. I think he's set up to fail here. It's hard to imagine a version of this where, like, just looking at this track record, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Venom, Venom 2, and Morbius, where, where these they make these characters work. But I don't know. People love Venom. Just because I'm not one of them doesn't mean that the... I mean, the movie is successful. People love them. People, there are people who love those movies. So, but do they I'll, do they love it for? There are being there are people who. Oh, there do are they love it? Love ironically, them. I mean, does like, does it matter? I love Samurai Cop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it uh, so the Venom much. Movies make a lot of money. Morbius mm -hmm. is not making a lot of money, so I don't know what's going to happen there. But El Muerto, I, I think Bad Bunny could sell some tickets on his own. So yeah, well, I mean, sure, that goes. And who knows? Maybe it turns cast, out to be a right? good movie, and they make this very obscure Marvel character a popular character, and he has a resurgence in comics, and all of a sudden he's got a trilogy, and we're all begging for the amazing El Muerto three in, in 10, 15 years. But right now, the the uh, in, in live action, I, I don't have a lot of faith in in the, the Spider Man universe that Sony's developing. It's such an interesting choice. And it's like, I now, my Chris, my boyfriend is now an El Muerto expert. And by that, I mean, he's read all two comic appearances. He read them after <laughs> this was announced on Monday night and is now like talking and joking about them incessantly. I think there is a nugget of a story that could actually be really cool depending on how they do it. And I think there is something of value of like having a wrestling superhero movie, like knowing how popular the wrestling world has gotten in recent years. Like I think it could sell tickets, especially with Bad Bunny involved, but it 
it is just such a weird decision <laughs> on so many levels. And I'm just sitting over here like we've had a black cat and or silver sable movie in the works for like over almost a decade at this point, And nothing is moving forward with that. And yet bad bunnies and El Muerto are being fast tracked. <laughs> so I'm just like, OK, I'll just I'll just wait and see what y'all have up your sleeve because it is just something else. Aaron, and, I, and I think, too, well, I was going to say, I, I mm -hmm. think you make a good point is like it depends on how they want to do it. Right. Yeah. Like if we're going to get like Nacho Libre or something, I mean, I'm all I'm all for it. But it just depends on how serious it takes itself. Like that's going to be a big <laughs> a big kicker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's like a very pronounced like joking on the Internet of like wrestling fandom that Vince McMahon watches things on TV and as the things come across his screen, he just makes weird decisions for people's gimmicks and like what directions that the thing's going to take and all sorts of, and it feels like the inverse here where Sony was watching WrestleMania where Bunny was in that match or the rumble where he was actually really good in the rumble. And they're like, you know what? two hours and this thing probably won't cost that much money to make. We could do this. We could absolutely do it. And then there's only two comics. There's two, Jenna. The, yes. Did I hear that correctly? There are oh literally only two. <laughs> oh my Lord. It like, kind of wonder, like, when they, yeah. when they look at that budget, do they even hire writers? Just say, like, <laughs> go, go do something fun. I also wonder if this is a situation where they brought this to Bad Bunny or did mm -hmm. Bad Bunny pitch this? From my understanding, they went to Bad Bunny from like, it seems like Sony is just like, who from the cast of Bullet Train can we make into a superhero? Because we have that with Aaron Taylor Johnson with Craven and then now with Bad Bunny. They apparently went to him and were like, what superhero would you want to play? And then he did research and stumbled on El Muerto and was like, he's a wrestler. I want to play this character. So it seems like oh. it was him suggesting it after researching, but I don't know. Interesting. But they haven't convinced Brad Pitt to be anyone yet. That's disappointing. <laughs> He's already Vanisher. Yeah. Mm. Fox got <laughs> Fox, Fox landed the Brad Pitt superhero movie. Vanisher. He's actually sitting right next to me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Take us through the next step of this weird multiverse that we find yes. ourselves in. So somehow yeah. one of the like middle pieces of news in terms of craziness is that Madam Web now has a release date. Um, it will be coming out on July 7th of 2023. Um, I still, this is the one movie outside of Venom where I'm like, this movie could potentially be something that I would thoroughly enjoy. When you have Dakota Johnson, you have Sydney Sweeney, just with like the lore of Madam Web, I feel like this could still be something. But as Beatty said, Sony's track record is so all over the place. So I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop at this point. But yeah, the thing that I find most interesting. Oh, my camera froze. Hang oh, no. On. Oh, no. I'm, oh. <laughs> we can hear you. Oh. Hold on. OK, I'm going to I'm turning it back on. I got too animated with my hands. OK, oh, is it is it starting again? No. Nope. <laughs> It's not. Okay, somebody else have a thought and I'll jump back in when I fix this. Okay. Uh, Jenna, for the longest you said, this movie does not exist, right? <laughs> it does not exist. That's what uh -huh. we've all been operating like. It doesn't actually have a real form or of any kind, that and Craven, but both of them now have release dates, yeah. which is like, huh? Like, I don't <laughs> even understand how we got here. Like you said, that Silver Sable movie has existed for longer than both of these projects mm -hmm. and it does not have a release date yet. It is They're just, in a similar place where like Warner Brothers was with DC when they yeah. would just flash all those logos at Comic-Con. Yeah. Green Lantern Corps, Flashpoint, all these movies that they were like, they're coming, they're coming. And this was in like 2014. It's 2022. <laughs> and I fixed it. And I, yeah, but these I, uh, <laughs> too much hands. I do, sorry. 
I do think that uh, Madam Webb and El Muerto are actually going to happen. Uh, <laughs> what I think yeah. is really interesting about Madam Webb and, and, and the fact that she's like such a, she's a multiverse character, like that, you know, the ideas that she's going to be Sony's version of Dr. Strange who can dip in and out of the multiverse. And now we have beyond the spider verse. Like that's kind of interesting to me because when they say that the title is beyond the spider verse, like what is beyond, like, are we going to see animation like meshing with live action is like that where they're actually going to go, where we're going to get this Roger rabbit Chippendale style movie with live action characters and animated characters. I mean, that's going to, that's the only thing that I can think of that would literally be left to like, just blow my mind as far as what they're going to do with Spider-Man overload. Space jam three is going to be wild. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but Madam Web comes out a month after the next Spider Verse. Oh yeah, and there was footage. There was footage. Yeah, Cam Cam Bonamalo, right from the site, mm-hmm. got to see this and describe it for all of us in scintillating detail in 240 <laughs> characters. Um, and he said that, like you know, it was just like the real beginnings of it. And I think it might have been even rough animation. It's not completely finished yet, but the energy around it was fantastic. Unfortunately. Now we're not getting it this year. And it comes out in June 2nd, 2023. And I was so sad. It was my most anticipated movie of the year. And now I'm about to wait longer. But that's okay. Because all of the stuff surrounding this movie, apparently there are 240 characters in it, uh, Spider characters in it. And there's only like, what, like 40 or something in the first one. So Chris Lord, uh, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, like just punched it into overload. Like, anything could come out of that. Like your Roger rabbit thing is totally on the table for beyond the spider verse, Chris, like 100%. Like, it's not like that. Like I'm sitting there. I'm like, if they're doing all this, like is Tom, Tom and Zendaya, are they really not in this movie or at the end of it or something? Like, why do you need to push this so far? So, yeah, I, I just think that that titling is very interesting because mm-hmm. if you're going across the spider verse and then you go beyond the spider verse, like it's just a question of what is beyond the spider verse. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not live action. That franchise is that first movie's perfection. And if they try to, mm-hmm. if I mean, maybe there's a way to do it right. I don't, there's a reason why I don't write these things, but. Uh, <laughs> I think it turned the live action, like actors and portrayals into animated of like, oh, we get like Tom Spider-Man or like Cumberbatch as Dr. Strain and they're just in animated form and it still mm-hmm. works with the movie. That would work for me. Like that would not jump the shark yet. Mm. I mean, as long as we don't get into live action and Oscar Isaac's Spider-Man 2099 is not one of the personalities or something, yeah. we're good. We're fine. Yeah. As long as they don't do anything weird like that, we sh- we're, we're cool. Well, yeah. I imagine even if it does cross over into live action, this is all going to be Sony-based, right? I don't think that this is going to yeah. ha- I don't think that MCU is going to touch this at all. I think it, I mean, it's just going to be just a whole hodgepodge of all of Sony's characters mixed in once. I can't imagine why Sony would allow disney to have anything to do with spider-verse like that's a huge success that they did on their own so if i was sony i'd be like well i have this successful thing i want to keep full ownership of it there's no need to collaborate with anybody else on it regardless of whatever you might want to say disney could do this with the characters whatever like from from a business standpoint and at the end of the day filmmaking filmmaking is a business uh i don't think sony would look at that like oh we could share this yeah no venom like the idea of tom hardy venom like going back and forth with uh with like middle-aged spider-man animated I, that would be great i would love it so i don't know i don't 
don't know. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> what else we got here today? Um, so switching over to not spider related news and not Sony related news. Yes. Um, it was announced that Laura Donnelly will be playing Elsa Bloodstone in the currently still untitled Werewolf by Night Halloween special. Um, so Elsa has been rumored to be in the MCU for the longest time. There have been so many different casting rumors about like, where could she debut? Who's playing her? All that sort of stuff. And so now we finally know, and it's much sooner than we expected. So um, Laura Donnelly is best known for being in the nevers, which was that HBO show that came out last year. She's also been on episode of Merlin. She played like J.R.R. Tolkien's mom in the biopic a couple of years ago. So she seems great. I'm not as familiar with her work, but I love Elsa Bloodstone. Um, she, for people who are not familiar, is the descendant of a line of monster hunters and is very kind of Buffy the Vampire sort of, or Vampire Slayer sort of vibes of, I'm a young girl. It seems like she'll be a little bit older in this, but it's this thing of like, I am from a family of monster hunters and hilarity and awesomeness ensues. So I'm super on board for this. I think it is just great that we're getting her in this context. I'll be curious to see what y'all think about it. If you support it, I support it. Plain and simple. <laughs> awesome. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know enough about her. So I I'm, I'm in the same boat as BD on this one. I'm going to plead the fifth. No, I've already learned to not like, I, I just don't, I try not to judge people anyway. That's why I'm not so upset about bad bunny. Cause like, mm -hmm. you know, Heath Ledger taught me a long time ago. Like I just, I just, uh, I, I just, I just back off and wait to see it myself before I, I make any rash judgments. It, it, it's like they're just pouring gas on the Midnight Sun stuff, like just yeah. constantly every Absolutely. week. It's just another match flicked at the giant kindling thing, and the match comes this close and then goes. Pfft. But yep. one of them is going to hit at some point. Maybe it'll be next week at the end of Moon Knight. Who knows? But like, I'm just like, there's so much supernatural like stuff bubbling around everything and i'm like what is i'm like what is going on like there's a lot of like spooky scary skeletons going on in the mcu <laughs> going forward i just want to see where it's going where it's gonna go sorry bd <laughs> <laughs> right. you did, i did i did okay we gotta get to these next couple pretty yes. quickly because okay. we gotta take a break okay yeah. Uh, so Doctor Strange 2 has been banned for 12 seconds of LGBTQ plus footage in both Saudi Arabia and Egypt, I want to say. Those are the two territories. Um, it's just a very quick mention of America Chavez having two moms. They asked Disney to remove the footage. Disney was like, no. And now you have people possibly bullying, you know, Sochi Gomez, and who seems like a lovely young lady who Brandon got to talk to at the Moon Knight premiere, right? You got to interview her, talk to her. Yeah, there's a big, she's really, very really nice. Uh, there's a big sit down with her on marvel.com this morning about Doc Strange's Multiverse of Madness. But of course we're stocked for time. So I will figure <laughs> out what's in that later. Um, 15 years old. Yeah. Really? 15 oh. years old. If you're bullying a 15 year old over this, you're a coward and you're stupid. Absolutely. And you suck. Yeah. And if you're mad that there's LGBTQ plus inclusion in this movie, you're stupid and you're a coward and you suck. And I mean, plain and simple, like this girl's 15 years old. She should, she is living a dream of playing a Marvel superhero. She should be able to celebrate it. it, it this is like a part of the comics. This is a part of life. Get over it. I mean, uh, there are a lot of people who are from those territories that are very frustrated that they're not getting the movie. I can understand that. You can be frustrated about not getting the film. You can take that up with whoever you need to take that up with to try to 
spark change where that sort of thing becomes acceptable because that's life. Those things exist in life. I think if you're going at a 15 year old or mad that this is in the film in general, you're wrong. And it's, that's, I mean, there's no other, there's no other way to address it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kudos to Disney also for not removing mm -hmm. the 12 seconds. I almost wish they would double down and include more <laughs> footage now and just like have 24 seconds yeah. of, of footage in there alluding to it. But yeah, you know, I, uh, I there's part of me that wants to get, uh, a little angrier about it, but I'm going to refrain, uh, on, on this show. Uh, but, but I think we all agree with BD's sentiments on this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I do have to say, like, there, I, I appreciate the fact that it is something that cannot be cut out of the movie, because like having lived through Rise of Skywalker, it's like, oh, first first LGBTQ kiss. And then it was able to be cut out. Um, even like the secrets of Dumbledore, they were able to edit out like certain mentions of stuff. So the fact that it is so intrinsically part of the movie that like you cannot kind of compromise is good. I think that is there's so much more we could do, but it is a good step in the right direction. And again, like people should not be bullying her for this situation because I she is such a good actress. I loved her in the Babysitters Club show. I'm so excited that she's going to do this. So it's like everyone just needs to be nice and just calm down a little bit. So it's just like I don't. I, it's so bizarre to me that that a movie like this could be banned for not censoring that sort of thing. Like like people want like there's governments and people in the world who want you to act like these sort of things don't exist. Like people don't live lives this way and completely never hurt another person. They are just a perfectly fine normal person. And now people are going after a 15 year old for playing a character that like is part of a story, which represents perfectly normal, healthy people. It's just, uh, yeah, it's baffling. It really is. And, and not only that, but I mean, it does make me feel very proud of our country in some weird way that like, you know, personal beliefs aside, you can sort of, you know, at least having the ability to choose what you do and don't see based on the information given to you or what you do or don't watch is important. But to have the government make that choice for you is uh, is disheartening, to say the least. And our country does have some plenty of work to do still on a lot of fronts. But right. But uh, clearly, I mean, yeah, we are we're seemingly ahead of other places in the world on these things. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we anybody else want to add to that before we move on? I don't want to just cut anybody off if they want to speak on it. <laughs> I think your soapbox was pretty good. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. The last thing before we take a break, Guardians Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, Terry Crews has been cast as a member of the Nova Corps, Tal Merrick. Uh, the Guardians ride is going to try to stop a celestial known as Isan. That is a character who you may recognize from games. And I think like, I think the Lego Marvel game, he was in that, right? Mm. Um, and also comics. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go see got Cosmic Rewind next week. Very, oh. very excited from that. We've got the Doctor Strange premiere on Monday uh, and then coming back home for a night and then headed out to Orlando to, to check out. I think, I don't know, they haven't, they haven't told me yet, but I think uh, <laughs> pretty sure the thing they want to show me at Epcot is the Guardians ride. So I'm very excited about that. Um, so yeah, big, big week next week. And uh, does anybody want to comment on that before we take a break? Uh, All outside right, of break. congratulations <laughs> yeah hey, <thank> <laughs> uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break one minute then it's gonna be full spoilers for moon Knight, at season two episode 16 of phase zero rose on see you in 60 seconds welcome back 
back to Phase Zero, Season 2, Episode 16. Right now, the Moon Knight Episode 5 spoilers begin. You've been warned. If you haven't watched it yet, what are you doing? <laughs> episode, it's so good. Um, you know the drill. We're going to go around with our reactions first. Chris, you're at the top of the screen. What do you think of Moon Knight Episode 5? Well, that was me wiping away a tear uh, <laughs> thinking about it. It was, um, it's been, I mean, the last two episodes have been so, so, so good. Uh, Oscar Isaac's ability to to go back and forth between Mark and Steven is is insanely impressive, and um, God, the whole Steven, I just uh, Steven, I I don't know. I my my only itty bitty criticism of these last two episodes is is how little of actual Moon Knight we're getting. Um, but outside of that, I mean, just what a fantastic character study this has been. Uh, it's really really solid and um you know i'm waiting to see how they stick the landing for the final episode because i do feel like they have a lot of story to sort of tie together for one more episode um but man if they stick the landing it really could be one of the best probably it probably be my new favorite disney plus show uh, i think wandavision is is still up there for me but uh but yeah this is this is this is climbing the charts for sure jenna um, so way back when I had seen the first four episodes and I had tweeted about them, I know I had said I had a couple gripes. I never outlined what they were. One was that I felt like there were certain flashbacks and certain pieces of like Mark and Steven's history that were still being withheld from us. And I knew there had to be a grand plan for that, but I wasn't sure how we were going to get them. And my second that Vector not Chicago-y enough, because <laughs> since he's from Chicago in the comics, I was hoping maybe they <laughs> needed that a little bit more. Um, this episode delivered on both of those elements. So I am very happy in that regard. And I, I agree with what Chris said. Oscar's performance in this episode and in the entire show, but particularly here, was just unbelievable. Th this man is carrying phase four on his back and I am so happy for him. <laughs> um, I I just, like, it, I have seen people in the comments that I don't disagree with of, like, I almost wish this show was eight episodes because I feel like there's still so much we have to cover in one more episode of the show. So I will be very curious to see how they stick the landing, but I am enjoying what we're getting so much that I'm just still having so much fun. Aaron? He he really is like really kind of like jumping different rungs of like the performance ladder here in the MCU. Like it's yeah. really impressive what he's managed to do here, like acting against himself. Like a lot of this is like my favorite stuff from animated shows where one voice actor voices two characters and they're just talking to themselves for 30 minutes and it's still entertaining. It's still really engrossing. Uh, the hand on some of the more delicate issues in this has been better than I probably could have expected on the outset because there was like concern about whether or not they're going to be able to, you know, handle DID and I freaking child abuse and other good childhood trauma. Like it's like I, I thought that when I watched some of my shows on Saturday that really were like an emotional gut punch, I'm like, well, the jack in the box has already been sprung. I'm not going to get punched in the face two times in one week. And then here comes Wednesday, like Stephen Grant. Like, oh, God, <laughs> not again. Why, why'd you do that? Why did I hit play? It's so good. I am a little bit concerned. Oh, boy. How fast are things going to resolve in the finale because mm -hmm. right now yeah. with him just in the middle of that field like big gladiator vibes but i have no idea how they're gonna get back or what harrow's doing or what's been going on while he's been on this like weird 
spirit quest inside of a, a medical institution. I have no clue, but I am excited and excited to watch the end of it. Like it has its hooks in me, you know? Yeah. Crazily, there's only one more. Um, I, I uh, agree with all of you. I thought this episode was fantastic. I think this may be the single best episode of any Disney plus show so far. It just had everything. It had answers. It had questions. It had emotion. It had performance. It had, had everything. I mean, the only thing I could, if I'm trying to criticize, I agree. There's not a lot of action, not a lot of Moon Knight throughout the series. It's very limited. And I would say some of the uh, the CGI stuff like Towerette is very clearly, you know, animated in there. I don't think that Marvel has hit like Thanos level of animation for a CGI character since Thanos. And I don't know if that's just a weird standard to hold it to. I mean, that's just trying to be critical, like uh, to find something to complain about. I thought like the, the duet looked great like all of it looked really a lot of it did look good and then of course you can find things to be critical about oscar isaac's work is unbelievable uh like it's just normally in a situation like this where you're watching a guy play these two characters and act with himself or at least for me i would sit there and i'd be like oh how'd they do this like who's he really acting with you can see the kind of seams you can see the cracks and it's just he's so good at it and the filmmakers are so good at those sequences that it is just so immersive and you do believe that he's genuinely just talking to another person. It's really, really impressive stuff. Um, I am really curious how they're going to wrap this up. I hope it doesn't just become this big fight and that's it. Uh, I have a feeling that it might be that just Moon Knight versus Harrow and maybe Harrow is powered by Amit or something, but uh, I hope there's more to it than that. But this may have been our big emotional finale and then our big action finale is next week. But uh, overall, this episode was brilliant, and uh, I've only watched it once so far. I can't wait to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we're going to run through some Easter eggs and stuff. I have a bunch written down. If you guys have any, feel free to you know cut me off or shut me up because I know I didn't. We have a rundown for this show, everybody, and uh, I didn't fill it in with our Easter eggs this morning. I, I'm pulling this from my separate video script that will be published on the Phase Zero channel. But uh, that the 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 Institute they're in in the beginning of the episode is the Putnam Institute. It's in Chicago. That's pulled straight out of Marvel comics. That is a location that is known in Marvel comics. Uh, it's also, if you look at the office that Harrow is in, uh, that is the same room that we saw. It's got the same structure and everything as the room we saw earlier. I think it was episode two, right before Mr. Knight appeared full of all the relics and stuff. It's the same room. So I don't know, just interesting stuff. There's just, you know, the, the goldfish with the one fin fish was being drawn. We saw that in episode one, the boat that they were on in this, in this midway between the life and the afterlife, like that boat was in the fish tank. So it's just really cool that they, as somebody whose favorite show ever is lost, <laughs> I think it's really cool that they seated in these kind of details that, that pick back up and pay off and make you think like, wow, they knew what they were doing. I like that kind of stuff. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning to watch this episode, so I noticed oh. literally zero Easter eggs. <laughs> I, uh, I, But I, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I enjoyed the show, but no, I was not paying attention for those things at that time in the morning. I thought for sure when the scale wasn't balanced mm-hmm. and uh, Mark and Steven were fighting off the dead, that were, or the, the army, whatever that was, I forget what it's called, <laughs> what the proper word was, that was trying to pull them off into the sand i thought for sure jake lockley was going to come bursting out and they were going to need the third heart to balance the scale to make it complete and i was like oh this is going to be epic here comes Mm -hmm. jake he's going to save them and put his heart on there 
and it didn't happen. I was like, what? <laughs> that, <laughs> is, that is like my one complaint with this episode is that like they did such a good job of establishing like how Mark and Steven started out and like how they are in relationship to each other and just the emotional core of that, that I feel like if we do get Jake in the finale, how do you do that without jumping the shark? Because it already is this thing of like, people are so attached to the two personalities that we've seen that then like, how do you get people invested in Jake Lockley while also developing everything else that you need to for the finale? It's like, I almost had wished he would have shown up and like kicked down the door in that, in that scene. But I get why he didn't, but it'll just be an interesting choice. If they I honestly that think that the only way that they can introduce Jake at this point is maybe as a post credits scene or a cliffhanger for the yeah. last episode because yeah. there's just no time to introduce an entirely new character uh yeah. the, that's the only you're, if we get some sort of you know resolution you know that'll be the thing that that i think that we need to see jake come up after that where it's like moon knight's got his stuff figured out and then you're like oh just kidding there's another personality i'm with yeah. you i don't want jake lockley to be a big part of the finale because i feel like it would take away from uh from everything we've been building emotionally and character wise. I, I don't want that. Uh, I do want Jake Lockley, but I don't yeah. want it to take away from the story that's been very impressively and, and tightly told so far. Um, what else do we have here? Can I asked uh, a question about, about Randall. Oh yeah, go ahead. Cause like I had to do a piece earlier today, Kofi giving us a uh, Marshall's. I see him in the comments. What up Kof? Uh, doing like sort of set up for him as the reason why everything kind of hit the fan, although they're children. So you can't really blame him, but also there's no body. And in Moon Knight <laughs> comics, he ends up being like, what is it called? Uh, Shadow Knight, which mm. is in like a cult like based around Khonshu and has similar powers and wears the cloak. So immediately a small part of myself started to get the MCU like phase one, phase two dread of is his long lost brother going to be what Harrow uses against him in the finale and they have to fight each other like anime style running on these pyramids. <laughs> I hope, I don't think so, yeah. but it was, like it did because it go into my back of my head like, oh no, we're, are we going to have the inverse battle that happens <laughs> in a bunch of these where it's like, you are the evil version of me and I must best my evil version of myself. I mean, I'm just, you look at the pattern of, look at all of phase four, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, kind of, uh, what else do we have? Eternals. Con yeah, Eternals mm -hmm. fits into what I'm trying to say here. What else have we had so far? Loki. What if doesn't count towards anything? Loki had a crazy <laughs> weird ending that I, I can't even connect that to anything. But <laughs> there's a pattern with a lot of the Marvel properties lately that they have these really character driven tight stories. And then they have these overly explosive third acts. And uh like Shang-Chi, I, I really love the third act. The first time I watched it, I was like, it felt like it got away from the grounded kung fu nature of the film. But then I watched it again and I was like, this, I, I like it. It's, uh, you know, it celebrates uh, like culture and it ties into the story really nicely. And I, I ended up enjoying like that a lot more the second time I watched it. Black Widow, I still like the movie as a whole, but I thought the Red Room falling out of the sky was kind of ridiculous. The fight was kind of ridiculous in the air. The Taskmaster stuff was kind of like, well, hmm. And uh, Eternals, Eternals, actually, I thought the third act was my favorite part. But uh, it is the same thing where it, it kind of felt like it got away from a lot of the stuff it was doing early on. WandaVision had a big CGI fight with Vision versus Vision and Wanda 
first Agatha and stuff. And I don't know. I mean, you're, I know you're going to get fights. I want fights. I want action, but uh, I wanted to at least fall in line with kind of the tone of the show leading up to it. And I'm really hoping that this Moon Knight finale doesn't do that. Right. And I also think that if the stakes are high, you know, the action doesn't necessarily have to be big. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that's a, that's an important point to make is you can, st- you could have one person fighting one other person. And if the stakes are, you know, if you feel like the main character is going to lose that to me is a, that's a big deal. It's, a, you know, it can still be emotional based and not have to be like a big CGI explosion slugfest. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree with Aaron's point, though. I hope they don't like I would like to see his brother come back. I I was not aware of the whole Shadow Knight thing. That is very cool. But I feel like it would really undercut the entirety of this episode in so many ways if he did come back in the finale. It's like that is something you could tease like five or so years from now when Moon Knight is just a supporting player in the MCU. You could have that be a storyline. But I think if they did that right away, it would be like this is a little too much. I I. I would encourage anyone else who like I saw someone I think it was casual cosplaying in the comments say that like this is larger than a phase four problem if yeah. you google beam of light yes third act yes you can see a bunch of people smarter than me talk about this as it like somehow somewhere in there in Marvel Studios after Avengers one they were like you know what people like a big old beam of light signaling Im- ign- like imminent doom and the heroes had to come together to stop whatever the source of this beam of light is. As long as that's not the thing, although if you've seen all the promotional material, there is a beam of lights that we have not seen yet in yeah. Moon Knight with Arthur Harrow and that staff of his. So we'll see if they invert it somehow. You know, the, anything can, it, it, it doesn't have to beam be that. Darkness. The beam of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> it's an inversion. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Randall Specter being Hatchet Man slash Shadow Knight would be uh would be an interesting the way to do it. And that's gotta be intentional that they introduce that character. Um Layla's father's gonna end up being important. And mm-hmm. because we got Bushman name dropped yes. in this episode, as as we've talked about on the show, for anybody who I don't know if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Hope you're here next week. Um Bushman was there with the as described in today's episode was He's a madman who was a mercenary who were running the show with, with Mark Spector. And when Mark refused to kill the archaeologist, Bushman did it. He, he beat Mark basically to death, uh, just as, as, to, as close to death as you saw today before Conchu bestowed the powers on him and healed him. Um, and Bushman like gets his face cut off at one point. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. And Oscar Isaac has said, he said in the interview with us that you can find on the Phase Zero YouTube channel, uh, right now that he really wants to see that Bushman stuff be brought to life. He wants to do it. So I think he might know more than he let on there, but uh, Bushman got name dropped and we saw Layla's father dead and he's wearing a, a scarlet scarf with a scarab on it. And he used to call her his little scarab. And so there's a character in Marvel comics named the scarlet scarab, who's like a protector of Egypt and he'll fight off anybody who tries to invade Egypt. And I don't really know if like Scarlet Scarab was portrayed as a villain for the actions back then. Cause like he has fought against like even Captain America. So I don't know how, but I think there you can, if, if that was the case, I'm, I'm just not super familiar with it. Uh, then you can make this character more accurate to the fact that like, they're just genuinely trying to protect Egypt from anything infiltrating their culture and uh, beliefs and everything. So I think that that the, the character Scarlet um, Scarab, the name is Abdul Faul. And Layla's full name is Layla Abdullah El Fauli. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, um, but 
they're pretty close and it seems pretty intentional that they're they're making that connection there so maybe Layla is going to end up becoming like a protector of Egypt and uh, something like that beyond this and I, I think that'd be really cool and maybe that's why they decided to make the character Egyptian instead of the archaeologist's daughter in the comics who's just a white woman that would be really cool. All of this is just justifying to me why we would need a second season. And so the fact that they're still yeah. billing this as a mini series is just like so frustrating because <laughs> it's like there is more than enough, I feel like, to potentially do six more episodes of this. It just remains to be seen if they actually will. I'm, I I'm so. having trouble imagining what other thing you could fit freaking Moon Knight in after this, the way oh, that the I show is going out. Go, go, Chris. Oh. Werewolf by Night. I, I mean, yeah. I, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a post credit scene yeah. that sets up some sort of Werewolf by Night connection since we're supposed to be getting that around Halloween. But that's that's definitely 100% where I think we'll see Moon Knight next. And, and if not, then Blade. Like he would, yeah. he yeah. would totally fit within Blade. Blade can start building up at Midnight Suns. Yes. We can, you know, we already have uh, Dane Whitman over there too. Yeah. So I think a Midnight Suns could definitely be on the way. And Blade is a great call. Um, all right, was there anything else we wanted to add about this episode? Oh, one last thing I wanted to add, and then I'll let you guys do uh, anything you have. A um, little Easter egg I spotted on the movie poster for Tomb Buster uh, in, in Mark's childhood bedroom. Uh, the, it said uh, Doug Perlin was one of the names on, on that poster in the credits. And maybe I'm fishing here, but Moon Knight was co-created by Don Perlin. So, I mean, that's a big coincidence if it's not an Easter egg. I'm just going to leave it at that. That's cool, though. Mm -hmm. Also, else? what a great name is Tomb Buster. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a guy who doesn't care about these relics at all. Mm -hmm. Just breaking through those things with a sledgehammer. <laughs> Give me that mummy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that mummy. <laughs> that sounds dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean it that way, but in hindsight, I shouldn't have said it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so well. <laughs> oh, someone else talk, please. Okay. Well, that's it. <laughs> well, we that. We're call I, it think right there. I think that's today's show. Yeah. Uh, the let me let me go ahead and real quick before we sign off, um, check and make sure that Disney hasn't revealed that. I don't know. They're making a Nova movie at CinemaCon. Uh, CinemaCon has already been packed with news. Batman's getting a sequel. The yep. Flash movie actually has footage. Yep. Uh, so there's CinemaCon. something called Tales of the Jedi. Oh. oh, oh, oh! It's like animated anthology shorts, like Star Wars Visions, and I don't oh. know exactly anything else except for that. Uh, Amy Ratcliffe and Dave Filoni are going to talk about it at Star Wars Celebration here. Oh. Uh, so. They just, they, I don't know if that was supposed to be in that press release, but it was in there. That's and now true. we know that there's something coming from that. Well, hopefully we get some movie news, some Marvel movie news. I would love that. That would be yes. good. Um, but the next time you hear from us on phase zero, uh, I will have seen Dr. Strange. Will anybody else? Is anybody else seeing it? Jenna seeing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna seeing it. Aaron, maybe we'll figure out if we can get you to see it somehow. I don't know. I got to try to see if I can pull some strings, Chris. Yeah, for you, you go opening night. Yep, I'm, I'm not, I'm busy up until then, so I won't be able to make any. Afraid I can't make time for Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have. Uh, 
I'm going to see some of Doctor Strange tomorrow. I don't know how much. I don't think it's very much. Uh, and then the full movie Monday. No spoilers from me. I promise you that. No spoilers from any of us. Yep. Uh, until the bonus episode, which we got to figure out how to record because I will be at Disney World. Mm. Um, it's tough, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Chris, any uh, any final words for today's show? Nope, no, it's good to be here. Good to see you guys. I, I love being on, so thanks for having me. Thank you for, thank you for joining us, Chris. Aaron, what do you got to say uh, before we go? Uh, just big thanks to everybody out there watching, keeping uh, the YouTube channel growing. I'm happy that we got Chris Killian away from his base on the moon where he's working with Nick Fury. That's where he's yeah. been this entire I, time. Did right? you guys did you guys like this this background that I've got here? This is actually yeah. this is not real. It's CGI. Uh, I just wanted to make it feel a little homelier, uh, but that's that's not really a spaceship. So, or not? It is a spaceship. That's my point. It's not really a, an actual wall. Chana, I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> um, but no, follow me on Twitter at Hey It's Jenna Lynn. Go read some comics. There are some really great ones this week. If you're not reading the Rogues miniseries that DC is putting out, that one is amazing. So definitely go read that. And yeah, just stay tuned for Doctor Strange stuff next week. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming on phase zero. Um, I just want to say Jenna, Aaron and Jamie, who's not here today doing the show with you guys is like one of my favorite things I ever do and building this community with you guys. It, it's, I'm really proud of you guys. I learn from you guys every week and I'm really grateful for this community. Uh, I think you're all just tremendous and I, I've had so much fun doing this with you and I look forward to it every week. And I, I, Chris, thanks for joining and filling in for Jamie today. And um, I love this entire community. And I, I hope to see you again next week and keep talking and celebrating the stuff we love and having fun with it. So love you all. And uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs>